episode 165. Late Night Internet Marketing. This week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, we discuss this idea, when is it time to quit? And specifically, why did I quit Amazon FBA? All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. The Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start, where to begin. Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Yes, you can do it right when it's late at night. Now, broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. Hey, 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 how is everybody doing? Happy Easter. For those of you that are Easter people, I am an Easter person. Happy Easter to all of you. And for those that are not Easter people, I love you too. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic week. And for those of you that are not sure whether you're Easter people or not, I encourage you to make an intentional decision. You know, that's a little bit about which this episode is. Boy, what a terrible construction of a sentence that is. That's what this episode is about. It's about making intentional decisions. And whether or not you're deciding to do something really important like follow Christ or not, or you're deciding whether to do Amazon FBA or not, or affiliate marketing or not, or Facebook ads or not, you need to be making intentional decisions. One of the things that I see people doing in life in general and in internet marketing specifically is they're just kind of letting stuff happen. And I want to encourage you to make intentional decisions using whatever framework it is that you decide to use to make those decisions. And generally speaking, the best framework for you to use is one that involves understanding what it is that you're trying to accomplish in life and in business, and then making decisions that support that. So today we're going to talk about Amazon FBA and why I'm no longer doing Amazon FBA. And the context of the conversation is not just this intentional decision-making process, but also what are the pros and cons of Amazon FBA? Let's get into it. It's time to get to work. One night at a time. time. Okay, so for those of you that don't know or don't remember or missed the episode where I talked about Amazon, actually, it was a couple of episodes where I explained all about Amazon FBA. It was about a year ago. FBA stands for Fulfillment by Amazon. You know, normally when you go on to Amazon.com and you buy a product, 
that product is coming from one of two sources. Either it's coming from Amazon, the company, whereby Amazon sourced the product, they warehoused it, they shipped it to you, and along every step of the way, except for the manufacturing of the product, Amazon is the company that you're dealing with. But more and more frequently, and I'd say at least a third of the time and maybe a half of the time, when you buy a product on Amazon, it says for sale by XYZ company. In my case, Mason World Enterprises, for sale by Mason World Enterprises. So let's say you go to Amazon.com because you need to buy a tape measure. You've been working in the garage this weekend and you realize that your 12-foot tape measure just isn't cutting it and you need a 25-foot tape measure. So you rush over to Amazon.com and select same-day delivery because tomorrow you're working on a big project that needs a 25-foot tape measure. You might select a tape measure that's sold by Mason World Enterprises and available for prime delivery. What that means is that I bought a bunch of tape measures and I at, at wholesale prices and I sent them into Amazon's fulfillment system into their warehouses so that when you went on amazon.com and bought it, they would have it there in their warehouse to ship directly to you using their Amazon Prime fulfillment logistics system, which is truly amazing. So when that transaction happens, you pay Amazon the 20 bucks for the tape measure and they ship it to you. And Amazon pays me what's left after they take out their advertising fees. Because after all, you they sold the tape measure to you because they're Amazon. So they get, you know, kind of almost like an affiliate commission, but an advertising commission for the fact that they it's their traffic that's being used to sell these products. And Amazon also takes out a fulfillment fee, the logistics fee for the box and the shipping and the warehousing and all that stuff. Once that's done, they send that money to me. So let's say that's $7 out of the 20, they send me the $13 and then I use the $13 to recover the money that I spent actually buying the tape measure. So let's say I spent $10 on the tape measure. I get $3. So there you go. So that's a great business model. And you know what I like about it for people like you that are listening to this podcast is it's pretty easy to get started. You sign up for an account on Amazon and you go find wholesale suppliers that are willing to sell you products and you send them into Amazon, bada boom, bada bing, you're in business. The barrier to entry is really low. And I think it's a really good way for people to learn about internet business, at least about that kind of internet business. And you're not there's not a lot of moving parts. You're not worried about um, building websites and finding traffic. Amazon's doing all of that kind of stuff for you. Really, it's just a business where you're finding products where you can make money. And I talked about the fact in previous episodes, which I'll link to in the show notes, that there's software to help you do this. And I think it's a, it's a good business for some people. But it's, it turned out to not be a great business for me. I got excited about it because it looked like something that is was scalable, and it is scalable. And I, I know people. I was going to say I have friends, but let's just say I have acquaintances that I know and that are making between 
or they're source they're creating revenue between seventy thousand dollars a month and let's say a quarter million dollars a month. So you can get this thing really big and you can easily do multiple millions of dollars a year in Amazon revenue. And that can translate and if you're running your business really, really well, that can translate into something on the order of a fifteen to 20% profit margin. So if you wanted to make $100,000 a year before taxes in an Amazon business, you'd need to sell somewhere between a half million and a million dollars worth of product on Amazon. Sounds easy, right? Well, it turns out that um, there are some things that you have to do with regard to this business that I don't like. I did a few tens of thousands of dollars, maybe not even quite that much, more than $10,000 and less than $30,000 worth of business on Amazon. And I learned a few things that caused me to reconsider this business. I had originally come out and said, hey, I'm going to see if I can create enough revenue on Amazon to, to build a, to pay for a swimming pool that I built. And I decided that after I started ramping this business up, I just don't like it that much. And so what I wanted to talk about today is how you make these decisions about when to start and stop businesses that you're running. And what is it about Amazon FBA specifically that I don't love? So let's take the first thing first. What's the difference between intentionally quitting something and quitting out of frustration or quitting too soon. You know, a lot of times you'll hear me say that one of the big problems that I see with internet marketing people is that they quit too soon. And I think, you know, that kind of quitting, quitting out of impatience, quitting before you're successful, quitting um, because you don't want to do the work, that's one kind of quitting. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is more like the kind of quitting that you do when you're focused on one thing or when you have a necessary ending, like in the book, Necessary Endings, or when you're, when you're trying to focus down on one thing, like the one thing, or when you're trying to design a business that you actually want to have. You know, one of the problems that internet marketers have when they're successful is sometimes they build businesses and once they're finished building the business, they realize they don't like it very much. And that is, was going to be very much the case for me with Amazon FBA. So let's get into a little bit of that. So now you understand I quit this business very intentionally and I, I probably did it because I didn't like it very much. Let's talk about what I like and don't like about Amazon FBA in case this is what you're considering. Okay. First of all, I think first and foremost, the profit margin capability of this business, the most money I've ever heard people making with a, a large amount of revenue is on the order of 15 to 20%. I am sure there are people who are making 15 or who are making more than that on single products. And I've certainly done that. But when it comes to scaling revenue to hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, the, the most revenue, gross profit margin revenue that I've, I've, heard people, uh, I've heard of people generating 
is on the order of 15 to 20%. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you ship $100,000 worth of retail sales out of Amazon, in other words, you sell, the people buy, and they pay Amazon $100,000, when it's all said and done, your revenue your revenue that you would get back from Amazon is on the order of 15 to 20%. And the challenge is whether you're running that as a gross profit margin or a net margin, that's just not a lot, not a lot of money. It's hard to, um, you know, as businesses go, that's not a very good profit margin and it makes it difficult to have room to make mistakes, to have room to reinvest. It, it means that you have to manage the cash flow of the business really tightly and sure, if you can if you can turn your revenue over quickly, then fifteen or twenty percent margin is fine because your your return on investment is high because you're turning your revenue over once or twice a month, and and that's a fast enough rate where you can make decent money with that. But it just doesn't leave very much room for mistakes for errors when you buy the wrong product and get stuff stuck in Amazon or you have some shipping problem that costs money, it's really easy to erode that margin. And that's what I found. I actually didn't make any money at all on the 10 to 15,000, first 10 to $15,000 of revenue that I sent into Amazon because I was figuring things out. I was inefficient. I was operating in relatively small volumes and so while I had products selling at a profit, I also had products that sold at a loss. And when it was all said and done, it was kind of a break even affair. That's a heck of a lot of work. Now, I do believe that's a heck of a lot of work to just break even. I do believe that had I stuck with it, I would be able to get up to that 15 or 20% total net margin because you learn as you go and you get better and you get more efficient, you get better at identifying products and so forth. So I do believe it's possible to get there. And I also know that when you're shipping at much higher volumes, instead of a couple of thousand dollars a month, $10,000 a month or $30,000 a month, that volume, you can cover up a lot of sins when you've got a lot of volume, you can spread out the mistakes over the profit of many, many items, that really helps. But one thing I don't like about the Amazon FBA business is the margins are relatively narrow. You compare that to the margins of something like affiliate marketing, um, depending on how you're doing it, or digital course products or things like that that we do online, um, those margins are considerably higher. Margins for digital courses after advertising can be as high as 50 or 60%. And gross margins on successful retail businesses, brick and mortar businesses, a lot of times are in that neighborhood as well. So I really had an issue with this sort of low margin of this business. So that's the first reason, my first complaint about Amazon FBA. And it's something you need to think carefully about. Now, what's the silver lining here? If you are an operations person who loves the challenge of managing every cent, and if you are incredibly good at these sort of operations things, 
maybe you're a factory manager now or you're some kind of knowledge worker that is involved in operations on a day-to-day basis and you love finding inefficiencies and saving a nickel here and a penny here and half a penny here because you know that's going to add up to hundreds and thousands of dollars in the future, then Amazon FBA could be exactly for you. That could be exactly the right business for you. But for me, I'm not a detail guy like that. And so this need to focus on the details in Amazon FBA is related to the low margin thing. And it's the second reason that I don't love it. It's because it's an operations business. And while I'm an operations guy during the day, during my day job, a lot of the time I'm dealing with a lot of operational issues in my day job. I, that's not what I really enjoy about internet marketing. And in fact, it goes to this gay Hendricks book, um, regarding zone of genius. Cliff Ravenscraft, my friend is always talking about, you've got to get in your zone of genius, finding out the cheapest way to ship something in UPS to a fulfillment center so they can put a label on it. That is not in my zone of genius. It's not even close. And so that's sort of the second reason is that the kinds of things that you needed to excel at in Amazon FBA, these detailed operational things were not things that I was passionate about. The third thing that I recognized about Amazon FBA that made it not absolutely fantastic for me is it's an anonymous business. And because you're listening to my voice right now, you know, I'm not an anonymous guy. I'm a guy with an opinion that wants to go to conferences and stand up on stages and talk to people about things that I care about. And when you're an Amazon business person selling latex gloves online or whatever it is that are actually made by some other manufacturer and sold by some other company, Amazon. So maybe you're selling Playtex gloves sold by Amazon and you're just this middleman. There's no room for creative expression in that, in my opinion. Now, some, again, operations people, the creative expression comes in finding that efficiency that can make that run. But for me, it wasn't, it wasn't great. So the third reason that I didn't love the Amazon FBA business was it was so anonymous. Now, some of you are just jumping for joy right now because you're super introverts. And the one thing that scares the hell out of you about internet business is the idea that you might have to actually get in front of a microphone or a video camera or something like that, or write a blog post and publish your work out there in the world. If that's you, if you are trying to hide because that's your personality and getting in front of people drains all the life force out of you, then Amazon FBA may be really good for you. But for me, I'm the opposite. I get energy from doing things like I'm doing right now, which is expressing opinion an opinion on a topic. So that's the third thing. I'm not a big fan of anonymous businesses. I really want to be in touch with people. Other things about FBA that are really tough is the grind involved in finding products to sell. And that is probably the hardest part of the business. There's two steps to this finding products to sell business with Amazon FBA. First of all, you have to find a supplier that's willing to sell to you. And I read an article about a guy who hired a virtual assistant to help him with this. 
they contacted something on the order of 20,000 wholesale suppliers to in order to find a couple of hundred really good ones. That is a lot of sort of inefficient work that's just not very interesting. It's cold calling wholesale suppliers, which you can outsource. You can do by email. There's lots of ways to do this. It's research on the internet and a bunch of kind of not very exciting and fun drudgery that's required. Now, I don't love that. That's not my thing. I'm a one and done kind of guy. I don't like doing the same thing over and over and over again, trying to get incremental results like that. But for some of you that are detailed oriented treasure hunters, the treasure hunters among you, you're going to love that because that's basically a treasure hunt for, for wholesale supplier gold. And you're going to be able to find that gold and you're going to get that satisfaction once you, you call 400 suppliers, but you find the one most amazing one, and that's going to give you some kind of personal satisfaction that, quite frankly, I can't even begin to understand. If that's you, then Amazon FBA is for you. But for me, I really didn't like that, and I found it frustrating, and I, you know, it just wasn't for me. And then once you get a relationship with a supplier that looks like it might be good, they're going to send you a list of 15,000 products and you're going to have to go through that, those products one by one using software to identify the 20 or 30 products that might be profitable. And then you're going to have to go through those products one by one, actually putting your eyeballs on them again, over and over and over in this treasure hunting mode. Now, that was fun for me for the first 100 products, but really, if you're talking about doing this as a sustained business, you're talking about doing that every week, trying to find new products every week, because here's what happens. My observation with Amazon is that products don't stay around forever, and let's we're going to talk about that in a minute, but let me wrap up this fourth item, which is I just didn't like the treasure hunting aspect of this, this this repeated work over and over and over and over and over again to find that one nugget of gold. I didn't like that. Okay. That wasn't for me. It might very well be for you. So that's the fourth item. But the fifth one is this one I just mentioned, which is when you actually go to do this and you find a product, the nature of the Amazon marketplace is this pure economics situation where you are looking for elasticity in the market meaning that you are looking for some inefficiency where you can buy something at a low price and sell it at a high price. And that gap in between low and high represents your profit. Okay. So you're running calculators regarding what's being sold in the marketplace and what the price is and what you can buy it for. And you're looking for big gaps. Well, the problem is that's that represents an inefficiency in the marketplace that other people are also looking for. And just like in, in any commodities market, whether it's pork bellies or whatever on, on in the commodities market or silver or gold, when people find that inefficiency, they're going to go there too. And that price is going to collapse. And so what you find is that you may find a fantastic deal on a particular item, like maybe you find some colored pencils, some, you know, name brand colored pencils that no one else is selling on Amazon, or maybe only a couple of people are selling on Amazon and the price is high, 
because those other people are having trouble getting supply and you find some and you send 30 packets of those colored pencils into Amazon, that may work for a while, but eventually other Amazon FBA suppliers are going to find that same product and they're going to send it in there and that's going to create price pressure and erode your margins. So that's the fifth thing is that this constant churn of always needing to find new products because once the price collapses on that product, you won't buy any more of them. You'll be lucky if you can sell out the items that you have and then you'll go on to some other product. And at any given time, you may have 20 or 50 or 100 products for sale on Amazon. But in six months, those 100 products that you had for sale, there a lot of them are going to be completely done. You're not going to be buying those anymore. And you're going to be buying 100 new products that you found in the meantime. And that constant churn is essentially the opposite of passive income. And my interest in, especially as a guy with a full-time job, is really things that are more passive. Now, if you're very good and very efficient at finding these products and you outsource the finding of them, you train someone and hire them to find products, sure, you can make this more passive because you're managing other people. That's just not something I was very interested in in, um, in doing. So the fifth reason, the fifth problem that I have with Amazon FBA is the ephemeral nature of products. Now, for some of you, You're going to absolutely love the constant and ongoing stable challenge of every day waking up knowing that you need to find new products. You like knowing what you're going to do every day, and and this is great because you know if you're successful, you can make money. If that's you, you're going to love it, but it wasn't me. That's not me. So those five things are kind of, I would say those are the core reasons that I I I wasn't interested in Amazon FBA, there's a sixth reason as well. And that is, it's definitely possible to make a bad decision and lose a bunch of money. Now, I think this is true in any kind of business, right? If you make bad decisions, you can lose money. That's that risk, that idea that money can be made or lost is actually why business works. If there was no risk in business, then there would be no incentive to go to go try and do it. Everyone would be doing the same thing. Everyone would be successful and the marketplace wouldn't work. So risk in business is part of what makes business work. However, I didn't like the fact that there were so many things outside of my control. And one of the most annoying ones was that I'd find a product and I would get it out there and then Amazon would come on the listing. And by that, I mean... One of the things that happens in the Amazon marketplace is that occasionally one of your competitors becomes Amazon itself. Let's go back and tape, take that tape measure again. Maybe I've, I've bought a case of Black & Decker uh, tape measures. That's a big, uh, famous tool company, mostly power tool company here in the United States. Let's say they have a tape measure and I bought a case of them from a Black & Decker wholesaler and I sent them in, well, Amazon is watching these listings, right? They see what's profitable. They know all the numbers and they can, they may have decided that, wow, that's a really good opportunity. I'm going to call the Black and Decker wholesaler. And in fact, 
I'm not even going to do that. I'm Amazon. I have a relationship with Black and Decker directly. I'm going to cut out the wholesaler and I'm going to buy the the tape measures for 40% cheaper than Mark can buy them. And I'm going to put them in the Amazon marketplace. Nothing prevents Amazon from doing that. In fact, they do it all the time. And so there were several times where I had a product and someone with much stronger purchasing power than me came into the marketplace and just wiped out the profit margin. And so that uncertainty, that things, I don't mind uncertainty in business, but when things are completely out of my control like that and likely to happen, people are heavily incentivized to beat me in that way. That's another thing I didn't love about Amazon. Now, some of you may like that for some reason. Maybe you normally play the lottery and instead of playing the lottery, you want to play Amazon. It's really, it's not that bad. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people are making money with Amazon FBA. This podcast episode is about the fact that it wasn't really for me. Um, maybe you you like that kind of uncertainty and you'll be you, you'll find it exciting and that will motivate you to do even better and to make even better decisions. But for me, it was demotivating and I didn't like it. So those are my reasons why I'm not and I'm no longer doing Amazon FBA. But here's the really biggest reason. All of those seven things add up to the fact that I didn't love Amazon FBA, but there's a lot of other stuff like this podcast and other business projects that I'm currently working on that I really do love. And I'm choosing love. Okay. That's really what I'm talking about. I'm choosing to work on the things that I really care about. And I, by doubling down on the things that I really want to work on, I end up building a lot better business for myself than I'll enjoy for years and years and years, as opposed to creating a business that I didn't really love. So that's my intentional decision. And that's why I'm no longer doing Amazon FBA. Now it's your turn. What action are you going to take to build your business? One night at a time. Okay, so what is your homework for this week? You know, every week I give you a little homework and I want you to do it because I'm trying to help you move forward in your business. And this week, I want you to take a look at the different aspects of whatever your online business activities are. What are the things that you're working on? If you're like me, you've got several projects that you're either working on or thinking about working on or that you were working on that you haven't worked on lately, but that are still using up mental energy in the back of your mind, you know, you should be working on. Write those down. What are they for you? For me, there's one of them was Amazon FBA. One of them's this podcast. One of them is the blog. One of them are the courses that I'm trying to do. One of them is the secret project that I haven't told you guys about, but I will in a future episode. Note all of those things. And then intentionally think about whether or not these fit into what you really want to be doing. Are they the most important things that you should be working on? Are they taking energy away from other projects that are more important or, or are they the most important project and should you be spending more time with them? And for that's for the stuff that, that you shouldn't be working on, have the courage to kill it. Go ahead and kill some stuff this week. 
you'll feel so free if you take some of the stuff that's stressing you out that you're not working on or that's distracting you from other projects and you just kill it. And I, if you're interested in that, I've got two great books in the show notes, The One Thing and Necessary Endings that I want you to check out. If you feel like you've got this problem, those two books are going to help you. So your homework is to take an inventory and ask yourself, should you really be working on all those things or should some of them die? <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Be sure to visit latenightpodcast.com today to leave feedback for Mark. Download special bonus content, access the show notes, and more. See you there. Until then. Until then, go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night at a time. Okay, so one of the funny things about Amazon FBA is that returns come back. You know, if someone buys something from you on Amazon and then they decide they don't want it for whatever reason, it comes back to Amazon. And if uh, we've we've all returned stuff to Amazon, but if you're the seller, that's your stuff that is returning. So people lie about why they're returning things. I, I don't know what it is exactly that they do, but a lot of times they'll return it and it'll be in pristine condition and Amazon will put it back on the shelf. But most of the time they've opened it. It's clearly been opened. Maybe they even damaged the box or ripped the box or did something. Maybe it was in blister pack and they ripped open the blister pack and they decided they didn't want the item. So they returned it. So one of the kind of cool and frustrating things about Amazon FBA is that you end up with all of this stuff and I, for a while I had stuff in my garage and people would come ask me, what is this stuff? Umbrellas with a horse pattern on it. I had in my garage for a while, airsoft nine millimeter replica pistols. I had in my garage, a bow training system that you use in the off season. If you're a bow hunter to build your muscles, it was like a, an exercise thing that I was selling on Amazon to help you be a better bow hunter. So that's one of the other things, one of the other weird, weird things about Amazon FBA. The good news is that sometimes you get stuff back that you want to keep. Like I've got these amazing $20 tactical flashlights. And I got a couple of those that got returned for whatever reason. They're brighter than the sun. And now I carry one around in my truck. Ciao. Late night internet marketing. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise, I get it. That was me in 2007 when I was trying to get started. There were so many people 
throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet and I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you, or if you know someone who's in a same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet mom.